Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is your host, Severin and Ambrosia. And we are here to welcome you to another episode of the original Designated Drinkers. OGDD. OGDD, the podcast where we dive deep into drinking one libation at a time. Today's podcast will be brought to you by Pina Coladas. Pina. Pina. I'm sorry. Pina. Pina. Coladas. There's a neon. Not not just one. Multiple pina or multiple coladas, right? Lots of coladas. It's it's plural. And we have our guest, Alex Riser, here today. Alex, how are you? A lot of colada. A lot of colada. Okay, I'm with that. Um, Alex, before we get started, let me read a bio for you and just kind of explain who you are. Alex is currently a sales rep for Lagum Pipe. Lanyap. Lanyap. I'm sorry. They just told me that, but we did another episode. It's okay. You have no idea how many people. Uh, okay, let me let me get it right. Because I, I hate when people mispronounce my name, and I don't want to mispronounce your beverage and everything else, and it's just rude, and I want to respect your everything. Alex is currently a sales rep for Lanyap Beverage. Mm-hmm. Nailed He's, it. He started in the industry by helping run the bar programs for the Blue Ribbon restaurants in New York City. He then went on to help cultivate the crew bar program in the Quad Cities. That's between Illinois and Iowa. He's also spent the last year and a half serving retail at restaurants here in the great city of Chicago. Including Brody. Oh, With welcome. that being said, Alex, it's great to have you here. How are you today, sir? Severin, I'm doing well. I, I could use a colada. You could use a colada. I mean, okay. I, I think we're in a studio with a few people who wouldn't mind a colada. Oh, look at that. Bringing in the whole crew. You know. Like how you roll. You, you, uh, I don't I can, know. I can see why you're in sales. These are drinks for the people. Okay. We got, we got to, we got to, we got to spread it out. Now, Brewery, I know you're coming on, but I have to do one thing. I have to say one thing. We're drinking pina colada. Oh, don't do it. Don't not, do it. I'm not. Don't. Gonna, do it. I don't I don't have a voice for singing, so I'm not gonna sing it. But we all know the song. If you like these and you like getting caught in the rain. That song was just like it, it's I'm really so actually quite a tragedy. It is. If right. you if you listen if people listen all, right, all the way start through sh- there. Start shaking these fucking Every, well, yeah. I, no, I, I no, cannot. no, 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 no. I didn't sing it. I didn't say so If we're going to talk about the song. But we do have to talk about the song. Shake that shake. There we go. The song, there we go. The song is very I'm delicate. sorry. I can't hear you. There are pina coladas being shaken. <laughs> and we wanted to make sure we got those sounds. It would be fun for a studio with a blender, but, you know, a shaking colada still makes people happy. I prefer shaken to a blender. Sh- really? I do. Really? I am, a, I am of the... Uh, I'm of the shaken house. Uh, so up on the roof deck at Fountainhead, um, Chris Kafkas was very in love with the pina colada, which I just don't think is, is loved on enough. And, and when I suggested that we were going to do pina coladas to set here, he was like, are you serious? A pina colada? It's like, yes, a pina colada. It's I heaven said, on earth. I said like the song. Mm-mm. And so we, uh, we did a, a boot of colada. We, do, we took a beer boot and shook an entire colada to put it into the three liter boot and drank a boot of colada. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's possible. 
This this can happen. Anything's possible. It's got like some colada ASMR right now. Oh man. Okay, colada ASMR. That's what my <laughs> kids tell me about all the time. Like, ASMR. I'm like, what are you even talking about? Um. So, like you said, in the studio, we have a few guests. We have a few people here. We all just kind of hanging out. We're going to taste these pina coladas. So, tell me the history and tell me what a real pina colada is. Because I feel like my definition in my mind is fake. Well, if you've listened to the podcast before out there, uh, friends in podcast land. Wait for the shake. That, that's sorry. Sh- no, no, no. No, sorry. That shake on there is phenomenal. I we think, need that. I think the folks that have been quarantining for a year and a half are, are starting to get a little nostalgic now hearing all these sounds. Severin, you need one. I'll take one. Where's your glass? There you go. There we go. Got to bring it in. So, what is a pina colada? A pina colada. Uh, so, pina means pineapple. Colada means strained. And so, we're talking about strained pineapple juice. And when we're talking about the history of the pina colada, it it gets a little controversial. Cheers. Got Ken in the back. Colada Ken. Cheers, yeah. Mm. It's tasty, right? That is delicious. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. This makes your day better. It really does. There's a little sunshine in there. It tastes like sunshine. Uh, so the earliest known story states that in the 19th century, uh, there was a Puerto Rican pirate called Roberto Cofresi. Um, and so to boost his crew's morale, he would give them a beverage or a cocktail that contained coconut, pineapple, and white rum. And so they're crediting him to the original story of it, uh, but he died in 1825 and the recipe was lost. And so people kind of just it's very skeptical that that was actually how it started. If you go fast forward to 1950, the New York Times reported that, quote, the drink in the West Indies ranged from Martinique's famous rum punch to Cuba's pina colada, rum, pineapple, and coconut milk. Then we get into the real dicey history of the two creators that go head to head on this. So the Caribbean Hilton Hotel claims that Ramon Manchito, uh, Mariro created the pina colada in 1954 while being a bartender at that hotel. According to this account, Mariro finally settled upon the recipe for the pina colada, which he felt captured the true nature and essence of Puerto Rico using the newly available Coco Lopez cream of coconut. The hotel was presented with a proclamation in 2004 by Puerto Rico government, uh, Sila Caldron, celebrating the drink's 50th anniversary. But then we also have another account of uh, a restaurant called Barachina in Puerto Rico, and it says that a traditional Spanish bartender of Don Roman Portas Mingo in 1963 created what became the world's famous drink, the Pina Colada. And so you get a lot of folks that go back and forth on who actually created this. But the mention of it was before, but... These two are the ones duking it out, and it looks like to be around the time that we're talking about Coco Lopez becoming popular. In the travel magazine in December of 1922, they published a Cuban-style pina colada that used no coconut whatsoever. And in 1978, Puerto Rico proclaimed this cocktail to be the official drink. 
Okay, well, thank you for all of that wonderful history on the pina colada. And it is delicious, just like you said. So, Alex, tell us your connection with the pina colada. I, I don't know. I started out, um, you know, when I was right out of college and I was working for this restaurant company in New York. And uh, I was fortunate. And at the same time, I had no idea it was coming to me because um, we were one of those restaurant groups that promoted from seniority, um, which sometimes is a little eh. The brigade system. Yeah. Um, but I was fortunate that uh, probably it was like five bartenders got either promoted or fired within about three months. Okay. So uh, to go, you know, to uh, start becoming a bartender, I had, I didn't think I was going to be doing that. And I had gone to a couple really cool cocktail bars, but I was also 22, um, and without a palate for much. I mean, you know, I, I did my first wine tastings and did not spit because I thought I could handle it. Um, you know, I, I nearly, you know, by the grace of God or whatever, I didn't get fired, you know, within six months because, you know, my bosses found out that a bunch of us were drinking on the job, like a bunch of idiots. And, they kept me. I don't know how they did. Um, but I uh, started right during that instant incident, I got to uh, wait on the staff of the Pegu Club, which was a really uh, one of the original uh, cocktail bars that really spelled things out and has quite the alumni list, uh, but helmed by Audrey Saunders. And, um, you know, that afternoon, right before I nearly got fired, uh, you know, I got to meet Audrey and I also got to meet a lot of her bartenders. And eventually it was, hey, come on over. Uh, we'd love to, we, you know, we'd love to see you. And uh, that just became my regular spot after I got done with work a lot. It was about a 10 minute walk. And so um, I want to say, you know, it got to summer and they put like three pina coladas. They did three different ones on the menu. And I was like, this is one of New York's leading cocktail bars. And you shouldn't put a blender drink on your menu because it's a fancy place. And that's what, you know, this there shouldn't be blended drinks. Okay. To which, you know, I got humbled really quickly when I just sat there. and Because I had had a pina colada before. And, you know, they're good. They're but, fucking tasty. Yeah, they're really, really good, right? So was the lemon drop. Yeah. Don't hate. But no, I had I had the colada, and I was like, all right, my first drink I'm going to invent for the cocktail menu um, for Blue Ribbon is going to be a colada riff, and I just don't know where to start. And, you know, a couple of the bartenders were really great. And, and back then, my nickname was Junior because I was one of the youngest servers on staff, and they were just like, Junior, Junior, pump the brakes. Just remember, it's a colada. Don't. You do too much to that it's not a colada anymore so uh you know keep it you know it's got it, it's got to be original but you also have to remember the pina colada is a really delicious drink um and uh it you know it was just the first drink that got me thinking about a lot of stuff and it's also a drink that i i fell more in love with every year there I, I, about three years in when I was, you know, officially managing one of the bars and I got to go to the really high profile portfolio tastings. I was with a bunch of other head bartenders and we were, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm going to wear a suit. And uh, because it was at the four, it was at the Four Seasons, okay. like it was a burgundy, it was a burgundy tasting <laughs> oh. at the Four Seasons. Like there was, you know, you, you know, you probably needed a credit reference to get in. But I, you know, luckily they didn't check mine. Um, <laughs> love myself some new shoes. Um, but but we Go got on. done with this. We got done with this and um, and 
Broey will tell you that when you're, you know, a beverage professional and you go to one of these tastings, and especially when it's all Pinot Noir and high acid, Chardonnay. you get, you know, you get... It's all Chardonnay. Yeah, Pinot. all Chardonnay Pinot and, you know, then the champagne course and then they had an Amaro table, uh, which I don't know why they put that at Burgundy, but I mean, you know, it was great. We spat the whole time, but okay. you still get it. You still get a buzz. I mean, there, you know, everyone can say I spit, but if you spit continuously uh, drinking wine for like two hours... No, you still get it, it's, some. It, you're you're getting some residuals. Oh, I, I yeah, you get a bonus. You get a lanyap, uh, <laughs> so so they say a lanyap, uh, a lanyap, a little go. something extra. Um, talk to us soon, but you know the funny thing was we got done with that and all of our tie, you know, all of our ties were loose and everyone's you know looking a little. Disheveled. Like disheveled, and yeah. we were just so we had palate fatigue. Yeah, you know where you d- where you know you taste so many things, and they're t- people are telling you like how ornate and beautiful this Pinot Noir is from a Grand Cru vineyard. Meanwhile, your tasting notes are just smiley face star. Yes, I like you. I like you. And and uh, <laughs> wins lunch. I like you. Wins lunch. So two questions. Um, Where's this going? To, no, no, no. Uh, okay. well, I'm sorry. You weren't done with your story? Well, here's the, the thing. I'm sorry. No, the, uh, well, no, I was just going to uh, say the end of the road was we went to a place called the Rum House right in the middle of Times Square. And usually if you're in New York and if you know New Yorkers, you don't spend a lot of time in Times Square. It's really just not what you want. You don't want creepy Elmo coming and dancing same, up on you. same down here. But there's a really great bar. Same with, yeah, downtown, eh, you know. Uh, but, you know, uh, we went to this place called uh, the Rum House on 47th and 7th, and they actually uh, had an amazing shaken colada, and they actually threw a little sweet vermouth in it. Ooh. And it was a little herby, uh, a little, just a little different. They blended uh, three different rums, so there was something funky, something rich, and something strong. And we're like, my palate is totally brought back. I, you know, okay, second, you know, second round. I'm ready. I don't care. This is like Rocky Four against Ivan Drago. What do you got? Yeah. You know, I, and weirdly enough that, you know. If you that, can change. Yeah. If we can change. <laughs> we all can change. Listen, if we all drink a little bit more pina colada. Seven of this thing, you know, it, we, we, if we get the pineapple and the, the coconut and plenty of rum. I love rum. <laughs> We can, you know, we could be prancing around here. Do yo, yo, bro, what are you, what are you doing at? <laughs> I love rum. I can be kicked out of here soon. No, <laughs> we're keeping you. <laughs> What's your question, Seth? Yeah, two questions. So, two questions. Um, blended. You said we don't drink blended drinks, and I saw how you prepared this drink. It was not blended. It was shaken. And my other question is, you said it was three different pina coladas. So. What makes the three different ones different? Well, well, they did three different riffs. You know, they, I mean, here's the thing that I was just talking to a friend of mine, um, Ricky Gustin, who was one of the bartenders at Pago. Um, we were talking about it. And in cocktails, they're kind of like the mother drinks. There are like these core drinks that Like the you, mother sauces. Yeah, like mother sauces in cooking. Um, okay. But with, you know, with cocktails you know pina colada you know you'd have to really go far and broey feel free to jump in what do you think the mother drink behind a pina colada is because i will argue there is none i'm i mean, are we going to go into dac territory but a daiquiri is an original style but it's a spirit citrus and sugar i'm glad you said spirit and not just rum yeah. yes i mean well that's because daiquiris come from a different 
like they're part of a whole another family. Right. Um, I, I learned so that. much on this podcast. <laughs> but like, <laughs> oh, time. I have friends. I have friends who are in. You know, obviously with all like the bar bar merch and bar tattoos and bar hipsters. Oh my gosh, where do they find them? I got but called a hippie. I uh, yeah. In the, the last episode. That's because uh -oh. you don't appreciate much, and you, know, you buy all too much avocado toast. I d <laughs> apparently, I don't eat avocado toast. That's not a thing. But I would, I would fuck with avocado in a in a in a colada. I've I've tried a few avocado things, and I'm not wild about it in cocktails. I would try it in a, in a really, blended, real thick. It's but it's but but big okay straw. but you, you know need big straw so, for avocado but where we were saying like uh, but going off like riffs on pina coladas like your template is you have rum you have a coconut element and you have a pineapple element and even if we go broader you know pina mean pina colada means strained pineapple so if you make a gin colada okay. you could I mean listen I mean, you know when you think it about it doesn't have to be rum yeah it doesn't have to be rum. And, you know, there's actually one that's, uh, I forget who did it, and I think it's out of Chicago. They did something called a Bosca Colada, uh, which harkens back to your first episode about Malort. Malort! But, like, mm -hmm. but no, think about it. You got harsh and bitter, so we're, we're you know, we're thinking and building the drink in our heads. And right. on the other side of it, we've got tropical and soft and round and lush. So... You know, the, the options are limitless. And I think part of the best part about this drink is you, you, you'll you walk into it thinking only one thing, because uh, for the most part, when we're, when, you know, you know, random drinker X, you know, hears that you're going to get a pina colada, they're going to have some memories, right? Because, um, do you, does anyone remember their first pina colada experience? I do actually. You do? This, I, I think this, this is calls my first pina colada. Uh, Bro, are you kidding me? This is your first pina colada. Um, shaken like this. Yes. Yeah, but absolutely. but but no, but blended. I mean, blended. No, I had one of those at Red Lobster one time. But listen. So this is your first pina but colada. But listen. Experience. No, no, I staunchly disagree. Okay. If your first one was a blended, like who knows what at Red Lobster. Yeah. It it it. It you, counts. You, it's you, listen, you clearly remembered that you had one at Red Lobster. Yes. I it's not like you forgot taste. about it. I remember the pineapple taste. I knew it was made with rum, but it was all white, and it had like a little pineapple garnish on yeah. the top cherry. of it. A cherry in a nice little fancy glass that and flares a out. And it's called a hurricane. And that's why I also think, though, this drink is great because now you see on a lot of drink websites, you see like, Oh, you know, this head bartender is, you know, riffing on the colada. And it's like, well, okay, is this a drink that belongs to the dive bar or is this a drink that belongs to the high-end cocktail bar? And I think the answer is both, but I do think that um, I do think that the dive bar gets the first nod because it is where we all had our original um where we had our original pina colada experience and there and you know there was a great dive bar um in new york in, in williamsburg brooklyn of all places holy hipster oh yeah oh my gosh nice um so stout, stout with coconut and real pineapple. quick yeah real quick um illuminated brew works illuminated brew works a new sponsor of chicago's bravest 
in the studios that we're recording in, the OGDD. They have a beer that they brought to these gentlemen, and it is called Not Into Yoga. It is a white stout with coconut and pineapple, and I saved it just to taste it next to the pina coladas. Oh, I love it. I'll give my tasting notes. I mean, bro, What's I, a, I know can you I be a bromarlier? Uh, it's called a Cicerone, but yes. Oh. <laughs> did, what did what was your title? A baralier? A bu- a, a buralier. I I'll take that. I'm a bro, a bro all, these cer- all these I'm certification in. all these certification programs are already getting it's to be uh, just you know a lot. So I think we need to make one more. Um, I'm in. Yeah. Um, it tastes so much better now. And you know what? You know what's crazy? My first riff that I did was a pina colada that was shaken and uh, with a float of West Coast IPA. Okay. Um, oh, like it was good. with like an ounce in it. It was called a plane ticket. Because it took you, it took you somewhere else. That's, that's definitely adorable. baby's. That's definitely one of baby's first cocktail names. That's I wanted. Adorable. I definitely want to say I, I named some. Uh, I definitely got some better ones that came down the line. Uh, naming cocktails is the is the worst. Oh, I I love it. At, no, at, at uh, get drunk and come up with ideas. No, get high and come up with ideas and then edit drunk. I, yeah, sure. But so, oh, like so three different OCP, d- mindsets. At OCP, we yes, would name I'm the I would name the cocktails. In- and none of the I know, above. I know, I know. God bless. Uh, so at OCP, we would do either an Apple variety or a Joni Mitchell song. That's how I named all the cocktails. It was all a Joni Mitchell song or an Apple variety. So which one had a case of you in it? Uh, that's the case of you. That's the, that's the Joni Mitchell. Song. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the name of the drink. That's the name of the song. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Shout out Joni Mitchell. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, again, we're given this template of rum, coconut, and pineapple. And we've seen, uh, you know, I've seen recipes where they do a clarified colada, where they're doing like straight, you know, they'll do uh, pineapple juice that was put in a centrifuge so that it comes out clear. And then they use coconut water. And then they like, Ooh. you know, blend some rums and they create something really lean. But my, my question is always like, where do you, you know, okay, so the inspiration is a pina colada, but what's the experience behind your pina colada? Mm. Because I think, um, you know, this drink comes from so much innocence and so much playfulness. And it's and it's uh, something that we, right away when we think about it, we don't take it seriously. No. I mean, I think. I'm sorry, I can't, because as soon as I hear it, I just, the song is Stop just. Stop with the song it, already. I didn't sing it. But it's in my head. So sorry, acid flashback. <laughs> but but I, I appreciate what you said because we don't like, want to like tell you, you said, what's you know going on in this studio, but it's up front above board. But the the like you said, it's 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 kind of like a joke drink that you guys are making so serious, and I really appreciate yeah. that. I, I I never knew. But the thing is, it's not a joke drink. Not to you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I I don't think it needs to be put on every tasting menu in the world as a pairing. I don't think it needs to be, you know, shown off chef's table style. But what we can do with, with this drink is take something that you already weren't overthinking because, you know, when you think about what it is – you know, it, it, it's delicious and it's simple. Um, and like, I like to, you know, I, I like to spruce mine up uh, a couple of different ways. Like uh, one of the things that I saw at Lost Lake, have you ever had a daiquiri frap at Lost, Lost Lake? I've never, I don't order blended drinks on principle. 
on principle. I love blended drinks, for the record. I don't do that to the bartender. You are mm. so bougie. I am not bougie. <laughs> do you order a Ramos Fizz? No, that's rude. I don't order Ramos Fizzes or blended drinks. What because if they have blended drinks on the menu? I don't order them. I don't want the bartender to have to do... I, 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 okay, so I have worked in a bar situation where I have had to work with blenders and with egg whites. Mm -hmm. And these are two of the most difficult things to execute, and they are pain in the ass. I thought you liked making egg white drinks. It's the proper way to make them, but I hate making them. And every bartender does. I, I don't know. I enjoyed making egg white cocktails. I love this. this I'm coming to his bar because he's going to make me egg white drinks. And I'll just give you a shot of Malort. So <laughs> yeah. Should, you I mean, should do. Okay. Okay. Full disclosure. You point of agreement. Still. Don't worry. Point of agreement, I would say, uh, it's Saturday night. You can, you know, you are sitting at the bar and you can hear the tickets being printed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all, we all have, like, visceral reactions when we hear that. But... Um, but you know, if if your friend has, you know, if your friend makes a menu that has a blended drink on it, I'm not ordering it. I want to try it. They made it. They came up with it. I'll try it on a Tuesday. That's what I'm saying. Four o'clock. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like it's fun. I still love blended drinks, but, but I'm not going to do that to a bartender when they're in the weeds. No. When it, when no. If it's a busy bar and you go and order something that you know is going to be the most time-consuming drink, then yeah, you're a little bit of an a-hole. But at the same time. It's on the menu. I mean, if you didn't want me to order it, why would you put it on the menu? I'm, I'm also going to throw that. And I'm a layman. Y'all have to remember, I don't work in a bar. I just want to And then I would not stuff. fault you Amen, for layman. ordering it. And, and, and I would Amen, not... layman. Oh, we adding that to the show. That's... that's. You you love him. He's dope. <laughs> that was said with such I'm a... Out. That was said with such a sinister... <laughs> I can't believe you. <laughs> um, but just go back to the coconut real quick, just to bring it back in. Um, so this build on this cocktail, uh, were to Alex's specs, uh, I did build it. And Alex, you tend to like to go with an agricole, which we have kind of covered in the show before, but not, I not like, extensively. I like to blend rums, uh, even though I, I wouldn't say that, you know, I don't know who in the Tiki universe is going to fight me on this one. But, you know, like, I mean... Pina coladas do show up at tiki bars, but it's not a Polynesian drink by origin. It's, um, it, yeah, and then and the 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 common uh, way to call tiki now is is switching to Caribbean yeah. or uh, tropical. Yeah, um, but yeah, if it well if it's tropical, yes, it is a tropical drink. Um, but it's a little uh, out of date. Yeah, like the fifties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the fifties. Could, could do a could do a Leave It to Beaver song about. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, if we started talking about that and then colonization and rum, oh, we could go. We've down. already done that with the Sailor J earlier episode, so we, love we should it. not go into that. I love it, um, but uh, yeah, I like to blend rums when I do a pina colada. I mean, you know, if you do one with Agricole, which is uh, made in Martinique, it's uh, in Haiti. In Haiti, it's a it's cane juice. There's no molasses. It's uh, funky, really grassy, um, usually a little higher proof. Um, but if you put it in a recipe, if you put it in something like this, where you have tropical flavors, that funk and that intensity leaps right out without being offensive, but rather complementary. Instead, um, if you have it by itself, it's really powerful. I mean, I I've I love agricole. I mean, I I will drink a little, you know, some rum jam on its on its own, or some Nissan, some Nissan. or yeah, no. like I'll I'll totally do it. Nissan. But yeah, yep, N E I S S O N. 
Oh, I think we talked about that before. Yep. Because mm -hmm. I, I thought about it. I'm like, is that the car? Yeah. Close. So we've, we do a lot of rum here on this podcast. Well, that's because rum's delicious. Well, because of, yeah, rum is delicious. And right, that's what we were talking about when we did the Sailor Jerry episode. And rum is delicious. It's sugar. It's made of sugar. Who doesn't like sweet? I don't. I don't. No, no, no. I mean, like stuff made of yeah, sweet. Fair enough. So this build is one part rum, which we used uh, Demerara seven year. Uh one part coconut, uh, cream of coconut. Yeah. Uh, and then three parts pineapple. And then I added your uh, 0.25 lime. Yeah, I do build. like a little bit of lime. And uh, going back to the daiquiri frap at Lost Lake, which is definitely in one of my top 10 Chicago drinks. Yeah, uh, shout out to Lost Lake just in general. Yeah, just in general. Just in general. Go, go buy cocktails to go from them. Yeah, absolutely. Support them. They're wonderful humans. Yes. Um, but uh, they throw, they actually put the zest of the lime in the blender with the uh with the daiquiri so rum lime and sugar you know that's kind of mixed and matched uh but they put lemon zest in there and by adding i mean lime zest but by putting lime zest in the blender you're adding that skin the oil the bitterness in with all the tropical stuff and also you're going to break down the zest so you wind up, you know, so it's not like you're going to get, you know, maybe there's a little chew every now and then, but it's pleasant and not something you get caught in your teeth and you're, you know, oh, freaked out by things. It. As someone that, that tastes alcohol professionally, one of my favorite tasting notes is it's blah, 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 but in a good way. Yeah, but in a good way. I I do that all the time it's because chewy, I... chewy, but in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of smells like rotting animal but in a good way. what's your what's your thing the burnt garlic bread in the cleaning section of a walmart <laughs> but in a good oh we're doing way. that yeah <laughs> because i love making up those tasting notes yeah right well here's, give me something we've got terrible. some uh some gulp ablo if you want to have you ever had orange wine orange wine it matches your sweater i have a, a cleveland brown sweater by the way so yes i, I really hope they get further in the playoffs next year me too they need it we do so, Coco yes. Lopez. Can I can I get a new glass? Absolutely. Two of them, please. If you want to do some tasting, I would love to hear Sub's tasting. But I but I also think um, like also I will say like I've seen some really like fresh takes on orange wine, orange whip, orange whip. <laughs> Anyone? Blues Brothers. Three orange whips. Uh, but um, but like you know people riff on this drink and people make beers off this drink, um, but you know we think. We think about, um, you know, things that pair well with tropical flavors because, you know, when you think about certain beverage booms, if you will, like we've been, we, you know, lately people have been really into Amaro, people have been into Malort, people have been into, uh, you know, Mezcal, all these uh, flavors in the spirit world that are just really intense. Um, so by putting them next to something tropical, and then you go, oh shit! What is my kid doing with a knife outside on a 90 degree day? Did I abandon my kid and now the, my kid has a knife and why is my kid drinking wine? You didn't, you didn't let me finish. Oh, go ahead. Because the orange fermented <laughs> and the child has now made wine that's distributed to the public and now the parents are billionaires. <laughs> no, trillionaires <laughs> off of Bitcoin. And dog coin. <laughs> well, it's dog coin definitely because um, unfortunately orange juice has a pH too low to ferment. Yeah, that and orange juice is a commodity that's already traded by a bunch of like corporate suits. Yeah, 
And bros, you take away all my fun. I Every just time. deflate you. Every so is that time. the end of the orange wine? Like all the fun is taken out of the world? Orange wine is very decent. It's decent as hell, Joe. I put it in Chicago terms. It's, de- it's decent as hell. <laughs> yeah. uh, to bring it back to... <laughs> Thank you for your rating but, but here's, on this here's where, uh, Wait a minute. What about we, we tie this in, though, there? Who's got some colada left? So after you try some of this, where's a pina colada sitting at? Oh. It kind of like clears. I mean, it. I mean, it kind of complements it a little Ooh, bit, don't yeah, you think? It's the back. Yeah. The, like there's a. It does the Martin thing. Mm-hmm. Right back here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try and recreate that. Our producer that. is cracking up. I love it. It's because we're <laughs> we're making her Thursday. But but like, I don't know. I th- that's that that that's kind of where I'm bringing this drink into focus here. You know, you have something that's brand new and trendy and new and interest, you know, people are raving about it. And all of a sudden, you know, you take something that is grounding like a pina colada and you, and you think about where that sits in juxtaposition to uh, the taste of something trendy, like orange wine, hazy IPA. Um, what else is trending right now, Broy? What are trendy spirits? Let's see if we can uh, uh, let's see if we can find the perfect trend ooh, booze to match a pina colada. Kombucha, kombucha lada. Kombucha came back. Oh, it's it's actually trending higher according to Neeson. It is trending higher right now than um, hard seltzer. So ooh, colada seltzer. No, 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 no. We're not going to talk about that. No, I'm a I'm gonna let you guys get back in here but kombucha i remember my mother used to actually grow these mushrooms in our linen closet scoby she was like no towels it's just these big mushrooms and we gonna drink this and we gonna be the healthiest people ever i said mom this makes no sense she said let's just cut off a triangle of it and eat it too i'm like oh, oh god no. no that's the worst Ooh. but it, i used to feed it to, i used to feed baby scobies to my dog it did not work mm-hmm <laughs> it was just another trend. That's kind of how I feel about sea moss right now because people are pumping up sea moss. I've been using this shit for decades in vegan cuisine and, and you, baking, and it tastes like it's neutral. No. You don't you don't need it. It it tastes like a wet dog. Well, you put it in, it's, a wet it's, golden it, retriever on top of that. See, you're getting real good at tasting notes. I know. I'm, a wet golden retriever been on an alpine you. mountain. No, it waiting for like, the ski lift. Okay, <laughs> who remembers the show Empty Nest? No, Mm-mm. no, y'all are too young. Damn, I'm old. <laughs> but it was a show Empty Nest with Richard Mall, I think was his name, and they had this dog, and he was big, and he was red, and he was a Saint Bernard, but he was that's all Beethoven. Red. No, no, no. Beethoven is different. In, anyway, emptiness and the dog's eyebrows used to go back and forth all the time. I'm telling you, if you Google this, you will find this. Sea moss tastes like that puppy after he went outside and played in the rain on the warm. You know what? It was a spinoff of Golden Girls. They were neighbors. Okay. If we you can, can find now it, we're talking. We can find it. Now we're talking. You can find the notes uh, from this podcast at hashtag seveatspuppies.com. <laughs> <laughs> I love Golden Girls so much. Yeah, I love some cheesecake on the lanai. That's, oh, they, you know they hated eating cheesecake. They did? They hated it. They had to be like. They also they were, hated each other. No. Yes. They did? Yeah, I'm going to ruin that for you right now. But this is not a Golden Girls podcast. 1988, seven seasons, but empty nests. I gotta, I gotta check that out. 
Send us some feedback at the designated drinkers. I love how proud of you you are right now with yourself. Ninety one percent of people like this show, including Severin. So uh, just real quick to go back to Coco Lopez. Uh, so look, Coco Lopez was a game changer. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we'd be remiss in not mentioning it in talking about the uh, pina colada. But um, so the Puerto Rican government actually provided a lot of funding to uh, come up with this product. Um, so Ramon Lopez Irazari, I don't speak Spanish. We got it. We got it. Yeah. I speak French. Uh, a professor in the agricultural department at the University of Puerto Rico. Uh, he was actually stipend to come up with this product uh, because it is coconut cream, but it's really hard to extract a pure coconut cream from the pulp. And so he worked on a way to uh, supplement it by adding cane sugar to it and giving it this consistency. And when I was actually uh, building this cocktail today, the cream of coconut that I had at the Jewels was definitely old and I definitely had to put it through a strainer because it was hanging it was it, oh was it, it separated was, it was separated oh, it was separated and clumpy no matter how much I shook it oh okay I mean I will say like when you get a can of Coco Lopez you do have to shake it for about 30 seconds and you'll hear like the disc of coconut cream like coming loose oh I, I definitely shook it for about an hour and it did not work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely check expiration dates. But here, here's a here's a fun one, with the boom of craft cocktails and farm to table, um, you know, you can't really, you know, come close to a can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember I was talking to, um, uh, I was trying to get wisdom from Giuseppe Gonzalez, who's a very proud Puerto Rican, um, and uh, big defender of the pina colada, and taught me how to love the drink in a big way. Um, but you know, I was just like, man, what do I do? Do I make my own coconut cream? I mean, like, how do you even get started? And he just, you know, he kind of just held his hand up and was like, Coco Lopez or nothing, dude. Don't. I will also, and, but I will also say like, I did, you know, from, you know, let's barnered out a little bit here because making pina coladas at a bar is tough. I am pro getting the coconut and the pineapple ratio together and then using that because if it's separate, you're looking at so many sticky tools and so much cleanup. And if you actually cut it with the pineapple juice, um, you know, everything's great when you make it all a minute. Everything is. But you know what? It's sometimes, not practical. Sometimes, you know, it the experience of you going out to a bar and wanting to enjoy yourself on the end of the guest and also on the end of the bartender where it's like, want to have a really productive night, want to crank the drinks out, want to make people happy. You got you to gotta find the middle ground. Yeah. I'm, I definitely don't, I, I do not shy away from, from batching cocktails. Yeah. I think I, that batching to- cocktails is very important. I think batching, I think batching has its merits. I also think though, like with something like pina colada, like you're dealing with something, you know, thick and sticky and, you know. Especially some, if you're adding cream to it. Cause that is a variation of putting cream into the already. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really team team cream in the pina colada. Yeah. That's, it's a little much. I agree. Um, yeah, plus those are a lot, a lot of those people who are putting the cream in there, they're not using Coca Lopez. Exactly. They're using Brand X. Exactly. Uh, well, there's a, there's a thing called real coconut. Uh, that is, it's good. It's, it's a pretty good product. It's good. But you do have to add some thickness into it. 
to get that uh, Coco Lopez. Yeah. I, th I definitely Perfect. think if you're going to do a blended one, you got to have texture. That's got to be your first priority. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want it so thick that you have to scoop it with the straw, but you don't want it uh, scoop it with a spoon, but you don't want it soupy either. Because that, you know, yeah. Uh, so I have a buddy right now who is in Belize. Uh, she is a uh, one of those nine to fivers that can work remotely. So she's working remotely for a month in Belize. What is she having there? She has been sending me pictures of pina coladas every night because I've been asking her for her pina coladas, and they're all blended. Uh, but she has no idea what rum is actually going into them. Oh, now I, my mother again. She likes to partake in booze at times she had a drink and it wasn't a pina colada but it was a specialty rum drink and it was made out of a specialty rum called leblon have you heard of that uh, well that's uh leblon that's cachaca okay so cachaca is uh also a sugar it's a cane juice spirit um made in brazil okay or, or peru or per like that's another episode yeah and you, yeah. I mean, the most popular is definitely the Caipirinha, yeah. um, which is just muddled lime sugar and cachaça. Okay. Um, I was just asking. I got my bees mixed up. Sorry. I apologize. No, we good. And I'm terrible with geography on top of that. But could that drink be made? Could that be a pina colada type of yeah, spirit? You could, could do cachaça in a colada. Absolutely. That's, that's a great idea. I'm in. Pisco in a colada? I'm yeah. in. I think pisco is really gentle for the most part. Right. I would do like, coconut water instead of cream of yeah. coconut. I mean, again, though, I mean, uh, isn't a chichi? Oh, what's a chichi? I forget the name of that. Garbanzo bean? No, a chichi is a riff on a colada. A chichi I think that's is with vodka. an old restaurant that used to make fried ice cream. Oh, yes. I had. There were two chichis in the Quad Cities. Okay. We didn't go because my mom uh, was really picky about the cleanliness of restaurants. And the chi-chi's was dirty. This, what's, what's this right here? So this right here is, uh, it's called Secret Barrel. It's a, a Demerara from Guana, and it is a seven-year. It tastes just like this. Oh, like the beer. They taste exactly the same. Yeah, I, oh yeah, confirming. A chi-chi is a pina colada made with vodka. Okay. Go. So if you really like the flavor of like pineapple and coconut, then, you know, make a chi-chi if you don't really like the funk or the intensity of rum. Great. I like the rum. Mm -hmm. With that being said, do you have anything to add? Alex, I would like to ask you why, when I asked you to come on this podcast, you said pina colada. Well, it was like funny. Definitively. You asked me about, like, you know, a spirit or a wine. And, like, I, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I like to find out the, the technical info on a lot of stuff. And, you know, I like to I like to know the backstory. But, you know, uh, the, the, the histories and the details, like, you, they got to come together into something that I've experienced. And I've never really been to many distilleries. I've never really been to vineyards. I've never, uh, you know, had that chance. But what I have had the chance is uh, having someone really good at what they do make me a pina colada and also make me think about things that are starting with something that is underrated, like a pina colada, and then thinking about new flavors, new ideas. And, you know, those ideas become practices and relationships with your guests. Um, and I, I think, you know, pina coladas make people happy. So it's a reset button. Yeah. 
Pina coladas are a very good reset button. That's a great way of putting that. I here here. I really appreciate that. I like that. Um, that orange wine to go along with there that pushed the reset button to make me retaste the pina colada. So, Alex, you have been an outstanding guest. Thank, thank you, you Severin. Thank you. And you, thank you. You're thank you, Brody. Going to have to come back. I mean, I will. I will do. I will do my damnedest. Okay. <laughs> Can we get a promise? On air? I promise to come back. Okay, that's all we <laughs> want to hear. So, please let us know what you think and what libation should we dive into next. Please comment, ask questions, anything at all, any feedback that you have. And you can reach us at designateddrinkers at gmail.com. On Instagram, at the designated drinkers podcast. On Twitter, Twitter at Drinkers Podcast, and Facebook will be here one day. It's up to you. And that's up to me. Thank you. Everything in moderation. Even moderation. You got to say that every episode. <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> with that being said, thank you for listening to this episode, especially if you've been here with us this long, and we can't wait to talk to you next time. Until then, this is Severin saying goodbye. Ambrosia. Cheers. <laughs>